Welcome to Stories in Ink. I'm your host, Spencer Kennard. Hello, everyone out there, and thank you for taking the time to check us out and give us a little listen here at Stories in Ink. I hope you're well, and this message finds you well. Today's episode is another one of our new types with an emphasis on the history of tattooing. We'll be taking a more in-depth look at different styles of tattooing and try and see how that history carries through to tattooing today. Now, with any type of history, as we examine it, we need to do so in a way that is respectful of different cultures that it involves and not treat or patronize other cultures. We have to understand that a lot of our understanding of history has been through the lens of colonization. We know that people were viewed as less than, and we need to be careful not to continue this tradition when it comes to discussing tattoo practices. For example, the continuing use of words such as primitive or tribal both stem from an elitist perspective. And by not acknowledging that connotation, we limit what we can learn. John Miller's book, The Philosophy of Tattoos, does quite a good job of examining this issue, but more so pushes the question on how do we move forward from a limited perspective or understanding. One passage that I especially love is, for an anti-colonial but diverse tattoo world to flourish, the history of cultural exchange clearly needs to be treated in an informed, sensitive, and respectful way that recognizes the violence that has in some circumstances accompanied the process of artistic evolution and influence. By examining this exchange in an honest way from multiple perspectives is how we can start to really utilize the history of tattooing that has come before and use that history in a way that continues to help our growth within the modern understanding of tattooing. With all of that being stated, let's take our first little look into tattoo history. I think that it's beneficial when looking at history that we start in a place that makes the most sense within our own views and constructs of time. And from there, we're able to dive deeper into other specifics. Basically, all that means is you know, history is a point in time that you're at and you view it as, you know, you looking back. Um, but we have to be able to look back in our own lives in order to then kind of see where we fall on the spectrum that is history. So um, for me, the easy way to do this is to start with the first experience with tattoos and tattooing. And my first experience is something that I feel like was probably pretty relatable to most people that are around my age or, you know, within that kind of range. And those were the water transfer temporary tattoos. Now, as a kid, I remember the coin operated machines. Um, for some reason, they were always in a pizza parlor, um, probably just because they had like small arcade sections and things like that where kids could like frivolously spend money that their parents gave them. But they always had these coin operated temporary tattoo machines. You know, they had those and they had the stickers, but the tattoos, those were the cool ones. Um, you know, those were the staple for most kids. Um, I would say probably between like the eighties all the way up to the early aughts. Um, that I think was really my first gateway. Um, a lot of them featured like different cartoon characters or pop culture references. And then some actually did have like um, traditional tattoo designs, but like with skulls or eagles. And there was a, actually a lot of Americana ones like bald eagles, flags. Um, 
as well as just a lot of different pop culture references at the time. The coolest thing was, though, it was just fun. Um, you, you know, you could go, you put your coins in, you slide the thing back, and then you, you don't really know what you're going to get, so there is a little bit of that, um, you know, fear that you're not going to get something you like, um, which I guess means that you have to spend more to get what you want. But the key here is they were fun. Now, there was also kind of this little added benefit that, you know, looking back, you can kind of see is it actually kind of helped you self-actualize at an early age. Like you liked what you were getting out and you liked the way it looked and it made you feel a little bit better about yourself. Um, it's a small little lesson and might, that might be a little bit of projection, but I definitely think that that's a useful lesson and one that carries through today. You know, it's okay to get tattooed because you like the image and it makes you feel better about yourself. Um, you know, these temporary tattoos, they also have kind of a fascinating little fun, unique history to themselves. Um, the first ones were actually printed on the inside of gum wrappers. Um, and those go all the way back to like the late 19th century. Um, Cracker Jacks were also a way to get these temporary tattoos. Um, so they came as a prize within the Cracker Jacks box and those date all the way back to the 1890s. So they've been around for a really, really long time. It's also kind of fascinating because a lot of times they were used for promotions. Um, now, these were typically with food products, um, but they also came in like baseball card packs or like chewing gum packs, things like that. Um, you know, you can think of like the zebra striped gum always had the little temporary tattoos in them or Topps baseball cards would have them in there. But they were a lot of times, um, you know, before the 80s, they were really, really terrible quality. Um, they really wouldn't last more than like one kind of wash. But they started using different inks and things in the 80s to make them last longer so they could do more things with that. Um, and it was like this really cool little interaction where, again, you were able to put your favorite cartoon character or sports team or, you know, just even little design elements on you and feel like you had like this real tattoo. It was just a cool little kind of gateway into that world. So we knew about tattoos, but really most of us probably wouldn't even know where the word tattoo came from. Now, it is a unique word as it's from the Polynesian cultures, um, but it's a word that hasn't been changed. Um, it was not uh, made, there wasn't an English translation of the word tattoo. You know, there's a couple other ones that are still in the English language, like uh, taboo or tiki or even wiki, wiki. Um, all of those are examples of the language kind of coming into the English uh, lexicon. Um, but again, it's something that, you know, a kid, you know, isn't really going to think about. They're just, they accept that it is a tattoo, which again, I think speaks to like the universal nature of images. This is something that growing up in America, we are inundated with images. You know, we're visual creatures at the jump, but, you know, you start factoring in things like visual ads and print media and the biggest one, television, it's a part of our everyday lives. Um, even media that we consume through things like listening, um, you know, when it's accompanied by image, it's got us hook, line, and sinker. And all of these kind of lead us to the next area where for me, I was able to see tattoos. Now, 
I'm not unique in where I went to see things that I considered cool. Um, channels like MTV, VH1, uh, for me, some millennials, Fuse, they showed us what cool was by creating platforms where we could see our favorite artists. And in turn, you know, we would kind of adopt the look and styles based off of the other people we were looking up to. Um, this is a necessary part of exploring and finding yourself. But the often the individuals I looked up to had tattoos. Now, I love punk rock, um, and it's a part of the punk rock subculture. And while it wasn't a necessity to have a tattoo, there was this kind of air of danger and defiance that I latched onto to being a small town kid from West Virginia. Um, you know, even when I was in middle school, I remember just drawing on myself, um, you know, from a pretty early age. Even to the point where I at one point got after school detention for like three hours just because I had continued to draw on myself. It was, um, you know, it was just a cool thing that I thought, even though it was a silly little thing. I just remember wanting to mark myself with those images. And I think that's a pretty relatable thing for a lot of people. Um, at this point, though, tattooing had definitely entered the mainstream and it was nearing up for just like this full injection. So we're definitely speaking around the time of the early 2000s. Um, media companies really realized the potential that reality TV held. And all of a sudden, there were all these new TV shows with different types of interest, right? So if someone was interested in game shows, it was like, had you seen Survivor? Did you want to see a talent competition? Well, did you vote for uh, Justin or Kelly? <laughs> or it's like, if you just wanted drama, it was like, can you believe what they did on the real world? You know, it was a wild kind of west for this new type of show. And combined with that interest in alternative lifestyles, tattoos and tattooing was ready made for this new medium of entertainment. Um, shows like Miami Inc. and it's all various spinoffs as well as different competition tattooing shows brought tattooing to the living room. Now, all of this doesn't even touch the way we started connecting via the Internet in the new millennium. Ideas and access to information was being exchanged at a rate inconceivable to previous generations. We were able to see images that would have been limited to just photographs within an artist's studio. Like-minded individuals, they could discuss the tattoos and ideas for tattoos, <laughs> sometimes without the consultation of a tattoo artist, much to the tattoo artist's irritation. Um, but... But for them, it was all this connection with other people and getting stoked on these ideas with each other. You know, access and acceptability made tattooing more popular than it had ever been up until this point. And while this popularity made tattooing something more socially acceptable, there was still a stigma attached to it. For many people, you know, tattoos, even, even all the way up to today, there's something you can only get in a private place that wasn't seen by the general public. The larger problem with this kind of access and ease of access into the tattoo culture was that we really were primed to view tattooing as just purely decorative without knowing where images came from or what they really meant or what connotation they had. Now, again, this can get us into a larger discussion of appropriation of imagery, and that is the, not the point of this particular episode that will be discussed later. Um, as I said, because it is a necessary part of the dialogue within tattooing. But in my opinion, most of the tattoos that were done at this time, and again, we're speaking really between there, between the 90s to the early aughts, 
Um, most of them were done for the visual look of them. You wanted to have a tattoo because you liked the way it looked. Now, tattoos have always existed in some form of trend. You know, different styles, different imagery, it always kind of goes in and out. It's like this permanent form of fashion. And, you know, that's fine. That's normal. That's not really what I'm kind of talking about. More so, it's the amount of information we have access to means that we have to be better in understanding what, what it is we're adorning our bodies with. Um, I'm not trying to sound pretentious, um, but rather like I think we really need to encourage people to dive deeper into why it is what it, why it is you like whatever it is you're trying to get done. It doesn't have to have a huge deep meaning. Um, you know, sometimes carrying those things can be heavy if you're doing that all the time. But if you like the subject matter and it, if it helps you self-actualize, you know, that's a, that's enough of a reason. But I would encourage everyone just to take a moment to pause, even if it's in the moment or to celebrate the moment. Really consider what it is you're marking yourself with. You know, tattoos have evolved and their acceptance and the distributions of images we're able to connect with means that we we have to be more responsible in what we're deciding to adorn our body with. You know, I believe in encouraging education through exploration is the best way to do that. You know, if you like something, find out why it is you like it. Is it the colors? Is it the imagery? Is it, you know, why do you like what it is? You know, find examples of other things that you like and find what art and artists inspire and like the art and the artists that you like. It's like, oh, it's the, it's the best kind of rabbit hole to go down. You know, this episode is just kind of starting to set the groundwork for I think that most of our discussions about tattoo history can kind of go. You know, we're at a crossroads where we have access to all of this information. And from this point is how we can start to really understand tattoos, the history. And other episodes will likely focus more on specific styles or may feature an artist or profile. But again, Whenever you're thinking about the history of anything, place yourself within that history because you are a part of it. You know, for me, the tattoos in the early 2000s, even the late 90s, early 2000s, that's where my first understanding came from. If you've had a different experience, that's awesome. But as we go through this kind of tattoo history, figure out how, I, I would encourage you to figure out how you fit into this larger history as a whole. I hope you enjoyed this first little episode. Um, it's only going to be more in-depth and we're going to get more technical on things from here. Um, but again, thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. This has been Spencer Kennard Stories in Ink. Until next time, thanks for stopping by.